0: This is Story Quest. Today's story is. Planet Dragons. Oh, this can't be right, said the professor. I think that planet is. snoring. The professor worked in a medium-sized space observatory in the highlands of Scotland, where the nights were inky black, and so the scientists could see to the farthest depths of the universe without streetlights and car lights and shop lights and house lights obscuring the view. Professor Carter was up late. She had been studying Mars and was puzzled at something she'd seen, or rather, heard. Sweeping scans of the planet with the very latest imaging satellites and radio telescopes were showing that there was some sort of vibration emanating from the red planet and out into the space around. Ugh, perhaps it's seismic activity, said her assistant Jeff. We know there would have been active volcanoes on Mars a few million years ago. That's the blink of an eye when it comes to space. No! No! The professor shoved her glasses up her nose, the better to see the calculations whizzing across her screen. The sound it's making, well, how can I show you? Okay, volcanoes make this sort of sound. Whereas this one is more... That sounds like snoring to me, said Jeff. Me too, but planets don't snore. People do. Not just people, said Jeff entirely reasonably. You should hear my dog after a long walk. The professor considered this and had to agree. Okay, things snore. This made them both feel rather uncomfortable. It was determined that a closer look would be sensible, and so, after a fair amount of back and forth with the relevant authorities, a crewed mission was sent to the orbit to get a detailed scan of what lay underneath. Nearly a full year later, the crew were in place, and the mega seismic analyzers, the geophysical trackers, and high-definition imaging were set in motion. With a creak and a whoosh, the instruments came to life and began their work. A picture began to appear on the screen. ''That looks like...'' the captain gasped. ''A dragon!'' chorused the crew. Of all the things they'd been expecting to see, dragons were not even at 100 on the list. Never mind aliens, a dragon was, well, mythical. It's a dragon, all right, said Professor Carter as she showed the results to the Prime Minister. Uh, What's it doing there? He responded incredulously. She checked her notes. A- a Scratching his eel and then slurping some molten iron for, well, I suppose given the Mars orbit, would have been breakfast. That's not what I meant and you know it. This is terribly troubling. I'm afraid it's worse than troubling. After all, if Mars has a dragon lounging around in its core, then we have to entertain the possibility that there's one inside the Earth as well. I wonder if you know what the core of our planet actually is. You might have learned about it at school. It lies underneath the crust of the surface of the planet, and deep beneath the thick layer known as the mantle. If you were to begin to dig, you'd find it about 800 miles down, and you'd see it stretch for over 2,000 miles across. Of course, you wouldn't see it for long because you'd be burned to a crisp. After all, the rolling, boiling core of its molten iron is over 5,000 degrees in temperature. It's not a good place for a human being but an ideal one for a dragon, when you think about it. The Prime Minister mopped his brow and said something must be done. What if the dragon clawed his way up to the surface? What if it went on a rampage, setting cities alight? Before the Professor could interrupt, he had dialed the number of his chief security experts and the Professor was ushered out. The Professor had a niggling feeling that getting all shouty and explodey about the matter wasn't the right approach. But what could she do? She returned to the laboratory and continued to study the skies, starting with scanning the other planets to see what lay within. It appeared that there were, indeed, dragons in the centre of every planet of the solar system. It was a little difficult to establish if the same was true in all parts of the galaxies. They seemed to be similar in that they snored and slumbered and didn't really do very much. It was almost as if they were in a colossal hibernation. Don't tell the Prime Minister that portion Jeff. He'll just be even more worried about it when they do wake up. The professor agreed and although it went against her scientific training to withhold information, decided to keep her notes to herself. News has a habit of slipping out and it wasn't long before Earth was buzzing with the talk of planet dragons. It seemed there were different types depending on the planet. Gas giants had enormous fat dragons, thought to have a blue-coloured tinge based on electromagnetic signals. Sulphurous hot Venus had a small red dragon who was a particularly noisy snorer, whereas Earth and Mars had medium-sized dragons, flecked with green. Anxious citizens on every continent were urging the governments to destroy the dragons before they awoke, and governments actually worked together to come up with a plan. They decided that a shockwave would be sent to the centre of the world using the largest generator ever created. Nothing could be done about other planets, but at least there was a chance to save the Earth for themselves. The professor had been in her lab, still gloomily feeling something was not quite right on another late night looking at the evidence. The shockwave was to be deployed that night, within the hour. Whatever she thought, the dragon wouldn't be there for much longer. But then some numbers in a table caught her eye. She looked, and looked more closely. And then she ran. Frantically, she burst through the Prime Minister's office. The phone was in his hand. Uh, 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 Shockwave to be deployed in five, four, three, stop! She ran up to him and flew into a rugby tackle, knocking the Prime Minister to the floor. Prime Minister, the dragons aren't just drinking the molten iron and enjoying the heat, they're they're creating it. But, But what do you mean? She hurriedly brandished her papers, flicking through to the relevant table of data. Look, where the dragon is more deeply asleep, like last week in Mars, we see the temperature of the core drop a little. It's all here in the calculations. If you kill the dragons, well, you'll just kill the planet. Uh, Don't be absurd. The planet will manage just fine without a silly old dragon hitching a free ride Fortunately the chief scientific officer stepped forward at this point He looked very tired explaining complicated stuff to people who weren't very clever was exhausting And he'd been doing it rather a lot over the last year since the first planet dragon was discovered on Mars He wearily explained If the dragons are killed, the core will cool. If the core cools, the planet will become cold and still, because it is the core which creates the magnetic field around the planet, and the magnetic field is what protects us from the radiation of the sun. So what? We'd we'd get sunburn? (sighs) We'd be crisps, Prime Minister. The Prime Minister squinted. It's not that he didn't trust the professor, but the chief medical officer had more certificates and letters after his name, and that had to count for something. The professor held her breath, as slowly, the Prime Minister retrieved his phone from the carpet, clicked a button on it and ended the call. The new information was quickly sent around the world, and everyone had to admit that it was probably best to leave things as they were. After all, no one had known about the Planet Dragons before, and the planet had kept turning. And it continued to turn. So things returned to normal. The only difference was that a whole new branch of science was created to study the planet dragons. Although there was a fair amount of arguing between the zoologists and the planetary scientists about who should do the teaching. Experts in ancient myth and legend tried to get in on it too for a while, but they had to admit that, well, dragons were no longer myths at all. Of course, who's to say what will happen if the dragons do wake up? Only time will tell. But from what anyone else could tell, they'd been perfectly peaceable in their slumbery furnaces for 5 billion years, and humans had only been on Earth for a moment by comparison. Perhaps it's their planet after all. Got an idea for a story? Tell us the title at funkidslive.com forward slash storyquest and we could bring your story to life. For a new story each week, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode.